1: We're in heading into Vision Builders, so we're going to talk about our Vision Builders and what, what that is, and I was working with the Holy Spirit, and I'm like, Holy Spirit, it's Pentecost Sunday, and we're starting Vision Builders, and you know, I was feeling like it had to be one or the other, and then all of a sudden, I realized he kind of slapped me upside the back of the head as he does so graciously. He's like, hey, stupid, they go together. <laughs> they go together, because my Holy Spirit doesn't just want to you know, make you feel all warm and fuzzy. He wants to be your advocate in every area of your life. He's not looking for partial ownership. The Bible says that one of the attributes of the Holy Spirit is that he lives in you. And I'm sorry, he's going to use every room in the house. He's not going to just be like, well, okay, I'll I'll help you with your marriage. I'll help you with your kids, and I'll help you on Sunday. But, you know, I'll leave your work alone. I'll leave your business life alone. I'll leave your financial life alone. No, no, no. He wants to bring the, the heavenly flow into every area of your life. So the title of my condensed message is Fired Up. Fired Up. Why fire it up? Because in Acts two, one through four, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it says when first it says they were all together in, in unity and one accord. Don't forsake the importance of getting together with other believers. Don't, don't neglect that. Because where two or three are gathered, his presence are there. Growth comes in community. God wants you in community. That's why we have DNA, because we want to find out who you are and the gifts in your life, and we want to see God use them and blow them up. And so DNA will change your life, I promise you. That's why we have connect groups. Connect groups will give you community. You can sign up for a connect group tonight. Let's go. says that they were in one accord and in unity. And then, like a rushing wind, the Holy Spirit fell. And it says that it looked like there were tongues of fire on everyone in the upper room. Tongues of fire. And when the Holy Spirit fell, everything changed. See, up until this point, the disciples had been walking physically with Jesus, so they were just kind of riding the coattails of like, okay, well, we're gonna, he's praying for people, we'll go help, we'll go catch, or whatever, you know, they were watching it unfold, but they weren't as much participating, they got to get in the action a little bit, and they were pretty stoked on that, but Jesus was saying crazy things, like, pretty soon, I'm gonna send you the advocate, and you're gonna do what you see me do, and even greater things, so they were sitting in this time of, of limbo before Pentecost Sunday, where Jesus went up, And he said, just wait. And he didn't tell them how long. And mind you, everything was confusing. They thought they were getting ready to do like a, like they were going to see a government-changing, world-shifting, physical king. They were right about government-changing, world-changing. But it was not the way they saw it. And they didn't have the luxury of being able to go read Acts 2 and see what was going to happen. As Christians, we get, to, we get a lot more. I mean, we're blessed, man. We get to see how God works. They were in the middle of the unfolding of this thing. They were gen, gen 1, the prototype. But when the Holy Spirit showed up, it began, and the greatest move in all of history, the church, was born. And the church has been continuing to grow and take ground for 2,000 years because of the Holy Spirit. Christians we were not meant to do life without the Holy Spirit one of the things I crave more than anything is to feel the presence of the Holy Spirit because when the Holy Spirit comes on me I remember that this what I'm doing right here is a holy thing and it's a God thing and I have the power of heaven behind me if I go up here by myself just gonna be honest I get intimidated but a lot, I mean, I look around, I got some of my smiling people. Like, I always see Davina, and she's smiling. I look at Abe, he'll smile. Pastor Andy will smile, you know. Some people, you're processing, and you look like you want to punch me, but I know you're just processing, so I forgive your face. Uh, but just, just remind it in church, I'm happy, and Jesus is good. You know, it's okay. I can have that face too, but I have to remind my face, I'm happy. Okay. So the Holy Spirit came and got the church fired up. We're a church fired up. I get fired up during Vision Builders because it's always this faith test. It's always this growth. It's always this expansion. I've seen God do so many miracles as I have sown my seed into good soil. If you would have told me that I would give more money than I've ever gave in my life this last year, and on top of that, I would be able to buy and furnish a new house and have the life I've lived, I would have said, you're crazy, but God... But the Holy Spirit has come into every area of my life, including my financial life. Now, I'm just laying that foundation right now because the Holy Spirit is interested in every area. Okay? So, Zechariah 4 6 through 7, this is the scripture we're going to camp on, talks about the Holy Spirit. I'll read on the big screen. This is God talking to the prophet. So he answered and said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Say Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel. You guys sound good. Zerubbabel. Oh, somebody else. Good job. (laughs) Practice. Practice and make perfect. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Next scripture. Who are you, O great mountain? Come on, somebody in here, you're facing a mountain. We already dealt with it. We already told it what it was going to do. It was going to bow to Jesus. But you were facing a mountain today, this morning. Who are you, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? Why? Because he's got the Holy Spirit. You shall become a plain, and he shall bring forth the capstone which, which shouts grace, grace to it. Come on. I want to dive and dissect this scripture a little bit. Just so you know, the Holy Spirit completely messed up my flow. i have like, I am all over. This is not the message I plan on preaching. So bear with me. I, I spent hours looking up every Bible verse on who the Holy Spirit is and what he does. Actually, guys, can you just throw up the slide? Take a picture on this if you want to go look. If you want to look at all these scriptures. talking, This is what this, or who the Holy Spirit is. Boom, there's probably another slide. Take a picture if you want. Okay, and what he does, and that's not even all the ones I, I had, but he's awesome. You can actually Google all the verses on the Holy Spirit. You can do that, and I'm sure lists will come up. But here's where I want to go. Zerubbabel, he told him, not by my or by strength, but by my spirit. The Holy Spirit came upon this dude, and his task was to build the house of God back. He was the guy that after Israel had been totally obliterated by by the Babylonians, God still, in insurmountable odds, kept his promise that Israel would be a nation. And so God anointed Zerubbabel to go and build the house of God. Vision Builders for us is about building the house of God, advancing the dominion of God. Listen, we are going to have 16 minimum campuses in this valley where there will be altars filled with people getting their lives transformed for Jesus. God has asked his church to take dominion and territory over the earth. He's not coming back for a wussy church. Why would he give us the Holy Spirit if he wanted a weak church? We're already good at that. (laughs) We're already good at isolating, hiding in caves, and just waiting for Jesus to come back. We could have done that without the Holy Spirit. But why did he give us power? Power to break, tear down spiritual strongholds, power to prophesy, power to lay our hands on the sick and heal them. Why did he give us power? Because we're going to win, baby. Don't get me wrong. It's going to be a battle. Don't get me wrong. Devil doesn't like to give up territory easy. But the Holy Spirit is alive in us. So the first point in this new modified message is you don't do this in your own strength. You can't be a Christian in your own strength. You've got to get in the presence of God and let the Holy Spirit. The Bible says one of the things looked up about the Holy Spirit is he helps you lean towards doing things God's way. He's your helper where you're like, oh, man, you know, maybe you're singing. like, oh, man, they're kind of hot. Maybe I should. Wait, no, the Holy Spirit. I got to focus. I got I to gotta stay. I'm going to find that person in the house of God, not at the bar. You know, like, he, he is your advocate. He wants to help you. Not a single area he's not interested in being a part of. You know that? Even the, even the parts that you think are, like, ugly, he already knows about them, and he wants to be a part of them. So here we are. We have this guy, Zerubbabel, and he's called to build the house of God. First thing, command. he says, hey, This isn't going to be a natural thing. It's going to be a supernatural thing. As we go into vision builders, I want you to know that it's a supernatural thing. That you actually have to believe that if you follow God's principles of generosity, that what he said in Malachi is going to come true, that you are going to see heavens open to your life and the abundance of heaven flowing into your life. Jesus said it. He said, anything you give to me in this world will come back shaken together, overflowing, pressed together. It's a faith thing. It's, a, it's, it's believing in the power of God. I never want to be, preached on this a couple weeks ago, I never want to be a Christian where the Bible says, having a form of godliness but denying its power. There is a power flow. I love the term this year. Our, our theme is surge. It's time to see a surge of God. When, the, when God. when the Holy Spirit fell on the first church, it wasn't like a, huh, I kind of feel better. It was a surge. Like, whoa, we're on fire. And then they went and led 3,000 people to Jesus that quick. Every area of your life needs to be marked with the power of God. Now, Zerubbabel, man, Jesus help me. I am, this is, awesome. is going to be good. No, I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about me. <laughs> I get a flow in my head. I practice so many hours. Just Okay. What's the name Zerubbabel mean? If you break it down into its root Hebrew words, Hebrew is such a powerful language. God prophesies through his language, right? The first word means to sow, to scatter. Kind of sounds like what Jesus talked about with the gospel, right? Sowing and scattering the gospel. The second word means to, where's my deaf? Make sure I don't butcher this because it flows perfectly. Saturate. Somebody was in the nine (laughs) o'clock. Means to saturate. So there's a release. I know my worship team. I love you guys. <laughs> to saturate, so it's to sow and release, and then that begins to saturate, saturate. So in this power that God gives us, do it not in our own strength, but in power. It's the power of the gospel, which is released by the Holy Spirit to saturate, to sow into our lives, and not just. And, it, and it's a, it, that's why he says to. Like, chuck it out everywhere. It's not just in your personal garden, but it's going out to your neighbor, and it's going out to your friends, and it's going out to your barista, and it's going out to your, your coworkers, and it's going out to the people around you. We want to see God saturate this city. How does he do it? Well, first, he says, we got to take down that great mountain. we got to take down that great mountain. God is into the business of removing the obstacles that are blocking you from your life achieving what he intended to achieve. And that's what the Holy Spirit is into. He wants to remove the mountain. says, make it a plain. Smooth walking. Nothing in the way. Now, in our own strength, mountains are mountains. My boys ask me all the time. They're trying to gauge my strength, and I tell them I'm stronger than everyone except for Jesus because I want them to understand, (laughs) to reflect. And it's, It's probably true, but either way. Tell them I'm strong. So they always try to gauge me like, Dad, could you move our house? And I bluff I'm like if I had to. But then they'll look up and look at the Wasatch and be like, Dad, could you move that mountain? And I'm not lying to them because with Jesus, I can. (laughs) But I do tell them I could do that as well if I had to. What's the point? God's in the business of removing the mountains that block us. And he gives us the Holy Spirit to do it. Verse 7 says this, And Zerubbabel shall become our, and before Zerubbabel. Listen, what we need to have a perspective change is because we have the Holy Spirit, we need to stop looking at how big the thing in front of us is. We need to start looking at how big God is relative to the thing. Because every one of these mountains, God just formed by brushing his hand through the sand. They're massive mountains. And he could easily just squish it down. The perspective is not changing who the mountain is, changing seeing who the Holy Spirit is, who God is in our life. And it says, and he shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace, grace to it. Whenever I see the word grace, my heart leaps. Oh, the amount of grace that Jesus has given me. And whenever anyone robs the power of his grace, it It irks me to know in. Religion, where you say you have to earn the love of God, irks me to know in. Because it was grace. Jesus is the cornerstone. The cornerstone is the very first stone that was laid. In this walk, it is Jesus. It will always be Jesus. It is Jesus. Jesus was the finished work of God's atoning love in our life, and He was the cornerstone. But he didn't end there. He didn't end there. He said, now you, my chosen ones, who embrace the cornerstone, are going to be a part of the master building, which is the bride of Christ, which is the church. Which is the church. And I found it interesting because I looked up when I was reading this verse. It says that they shall bring forth the capstone. And I'm like, oh, I wonder if capstone is the same thing as a cornerstone. Maybe they're saying, like, he's going to bring, it's prophesying. They're going to bring forth Jesus. I'm like, oh, cool. I hope that's it. I hope I'm on to something. I look it up, and it wasn't. The cornerstone is not the same as a capstone. So I was like, oh, dead end. That won't, that won't breach. <laughs> <laughs> but I felt the Holy Spirit say, no, no, look up what a capstone is. A capstone signifies the work is finished. The capstone is the final stone. That's beautiful, and it usually has the inscription of the original designer. In, or in Roman times or in, in medieval all the different times, the capstone, you would write, that would be the final stone. that would say, it is finished. It is finished. Also, the capstone had one primary purpose besides signifying that the wall was finished. It would direct the flow of water away from the important parts of the masonry, it would direct the flow Of water. I'm telling you, why do we want to build the church? Because the church is God's capstone. It's the final product of what Jesus came to do, and it will direct the flow of the Holy Spirit into this earth. We are called to bring the direction, the flow of the Holy Spirit onto this earth. Christian, if you're not clapping, you should be clapping because God picked you to bring the Holy Spirit into this earth. Rubel's name speaks to the gospel. Speaks to the seed being sowed. And look what, caps after they put this capstone, look what they shouted. Grace. Grace to it. There's so many people out here in this broken world that do not know that there's grace. That do not know. And we can, I'm going to close and we're going to bring the band up here. There are people in this world who don't know there's grace, who the world's beating them up, taking them out, convinced them that they're not good enough. Hopelessness is what the world is trying to flow right now. What the spirit of this world is trying to flow towards people is hopelessness. We look at the state of things. We go to the gas pump. (laughs) And it screams hopelessness. Church, the capstone, the bride can usher in the Holy Spirit. And that's why we want to have buildings in every corner of our city. So there's altars and people in every neighborhood crying out, Grace, grace to it. When your neighbor comes and says, I think my marriage is falling apart, you can say, Grace. Grace to it. When everything looks so rocky and people are are locked in their houses in a spirit of fear, only watching CNN, you can come in and say grace. Grace to it. We are meant to direct the flow of the Holy Spirit. You've been given the Holy Spirit. If you say, well, I've never actually been baptized in the Holy Spirit. It's really easy. It's really easy. Just ask him. I got baptized in the Spirit no clue what was going on. Honestly, no clue. I read in Acts that that happened, and I was, I was like a new Christian, and I was like, Jesus, I want everything you have for me. That's all I prayed. Show up to a church. We weren't a spirit-filled church at the time. Show up. They're singing, I think, Waves of Mercy for my OG people. Okay, I mean, it wasn't even like, it wasn't even like a hard hitter. It was like a casual, you know, just kidding. That's, that's gangster, waves of mercy. Some gangster Christian stuff. But I remember I I started, I just wanted to lift my hands. I don't know why. I'm like, oh, I want to lift my hands. And then I felt my tongue moving in my mouth. And I was like, what is going on here? I could stop it if I wanted, but I didn't want to stop it. And then I remember I just... Uh, I was just going on for a while and I think I leaned over to my youth pastor at the time and I was just like, man, what's going on with me? He's like, man, you might be getting the gift of tongues. Put some, le- put some words to that. And I, all of a sudden I was praying in tongues. Then after church, we go to a youth Bible study. Come on, youth, you gotta, you gotta hang out tonight. We did mostly games and we opened the Bible for a little bit. After the games, we opened the Bible. And I kid you not, I'd open my Bible, waterworks. Close the Bible, I'd stop. Open the Bible, waterworks. Close the Bible, stop. And I'm literally like, I'm in a circle. My street cred's on the line here. <laughs> cry, no cry. Cry, no cry. Cry. Finally, you know, are you guys like, all right, we're gonna open our mouths? This? I'm like, ah, and I start crying, and you know, they kind of stop and they're like, are you okay? What's going on? You know? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm so happy. Look like that TikTok filter going on right now, that happy, the cry, sad face filter. That's what I look like. I'm happy, but my face, I'm just crying. <sighs> Get prayed for, say, hey man, the Holy Spirit's doing something. The rest of the day, I just wept and felt so much joy and peace in the presence of God. And I'm telling you, it set me on fire. I became fired up. I went and strapped on every WWJD bracelet I could find. I put my purity ring on extra tight. And I rolled into high school and I was like, today, this school belongs to Jesus. And I watched God do a thing. Bring my whole football team to the youth group. Bring, bring like a t- uh, 10% of our school was going to our youth group by the time I was here. God did a thing. The Holy Spirit wants to do a thing in every area. John 3, one through two says, beloved, I pray that you prosper, even as your soul prospers. That scripture was directly, read what's after it, it was directly in reference to the fact that Paul was so happy because the church in that city was able to financially take care of the ministry happening in the city. They were taking care of the gospel. Vision Builders is about hitching our life to a kingdom purpose. And also knowing that when we grow his house, we do see the blessing and favor of God on our house because he knows if he can get it through you, then he can get it to you. And so as we prepare our hearts in a few weeks to tie and so financially, just know the Holy Spirit does not disqualify him from that part of your life. If your finances aren't supernatural, he invites you to it. They're meant to be supernatural. Go look up every verse on giving. He didn't intend you to do that alone. It's not by your strength or by your power, but by his spirit, says the Lord. Let's stand up. Thank you, God, that we're the church. That we are gonna see this valley shaking and rocking and the power of God moving in our lives and in this valley. Listen, if you don't know Jesus, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit, although he can be in the room and influencing you, is a gift when you accept Jesus into your heart and make him the Lord and Savior of your life cannot function in the full power of God in the Holy Spirit without first going through the gate which is Jesus. Jesus said, "I am the only way." What does that look like? The Bible makes it really simple. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he died for your sins, you now step into being what's called born again. And now not only are you forgiven, given a fresh start, washed clean of all your mistakes and sin, but also you have access to the Holy Spirit and he'll live in you and empower your life and make it, he'll put his super on your natural. So I'm gonna ask everyone to bow their head and close their eyes. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, meaning that you don't know him as your Lord and Savior that died for your sins and he forgives you of your sins, And then he rose from the grave to give you eternal life. If you don't know him as that, in a minute, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand so I can pray with you. And also another group in this, maybe you have at some point kind of prayed that prayer, but, but you didn't get it It, in a sense, or, or you just feel like, man, I don't, I don't really know if I really understood this atonement, this, this, I give him all of my ish and he gives me all his goodness. I didn't understand that and you want to say today I'm going to dedicate my life to Jesus again and I mean it this time if you're in one of those two camps I want to say a quick prayer over you but I'm going to ask with everyone's head bowed and eyes closed I'm going to ask you to just do something brave so I know who I'm including in this prayer this is between you and God, don't worry you're in the safest place in the world to do this because most people in here have done this but if you're in that one of those two camps, on the count of three I want you to raise your hand I'm going to include you in prayer, one, two, three Who am I praying for? Thank you, I see your hand. Once I've seen your hand, you can put it down. I feel like there's another person just kind of waiting. Thank you, I see your hand. I still feel like there's another person. You're kind of wrestling with God. Don't be nervous or worried. Know for sure, I see that hand, thank you. Thank you, I see your hand. Thank you, Jesus. Anyone else? Thank you. I see your hand in the back. Thank you. Did I miss any hands? Put it up real high. Everyone's eyes closed. You're fine. Awesome. Awesome. There's now four people. You can all look up at me. Listen, if you raised your hand, right here is one of the friendliest ladies in our whole church, and she has a gift for you. She has a Bible and a book called Following Jesus. The book is, it just helps you understand what now you've stepped into and how to walk that out and what to do. And it's a great resource. So we want to pray with you. Our team might've seen your hand. Don't scurry out without talking with our team. We want to say a quick prayer with you, but I'm going to lead us all now a prayer together. Everyone's going to say out loud, if you raise your hand, you mean this from your heart and God will step in This is the prerequisite and then you're going to see the power of God show up in your world. And you cannot lose this. Just know this. You cannot lose this, Jesus said. All right, let's pray. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me, for taking all my sin and all my shame on that cross. I ask you to forgive me of my sins and wash me with your blood. I ask you to be the Lord of my life. Today I choose to follow you. And I ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit. Thank you for loving me and choosing me today. In your name I pray, amen.
0: Wow.